Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Um, so this is now the fourth episode here of Mystery Bros. I'm pretty excited. It's been fun. Um, in this episode here, we're going to go over, um, we're kind of going to dive into the Nazis. I know it doesn't sound good. (laughs) It doesn't sound good. Um, obviously we don't agree with anything that the Nazis did or were doing. Um, of course not, but it's very fascinating. The experiments and, and, just the tales about stuff they're doing. So we're going to go into some, some speculative stuff, some, some really out there theories of of stuff that they, they may or may not have been, been doing. And then we're also going to go into some of the shockingly true uh, stuff that they were doing. That is, is crazy messed up. Um, Again, we don't support Nazism or any of that stuff, but it's just really fascinating. No, it is. And since the technology's out, like they were far advanced, in us in technology so it's very cool um to look at what they were maybe capable of yeah they were doing some really interesting like way ahead of their time experiments they said it was one to six uh one to every six uh u.s to french soldier they faced on the uh west uh front and they said one to three on the uh soviet front so and they were able to hold up for like yeah and they they were pretty successful at the beginning of the war and for for the first beginning yeah Yeah. Aurel is is from Switzerland, so he knows all about Germany and, uh, oh, yeah. and the Nazis and stuff. Um. So uh, yeah, I speak German. I speak German, so I've always been fascinated with World War Two movies since I could understand language. You know, could understand the guards what they were saying. Um, so it was always cool. And yeah, um, we were very fortunate that uh, Germany never uh, attacked Switzerland because we had all their money. And, yeah, um, you guys were, were neutral. <laughs> right? You guys were just like, oh, we don't don't bother us. We won't do anything over here. Otherwise, like you attack us, and uh, that money that you put in our banks will just disappear. Quick side note: Why? How did Switzerland become the spot where like all the banks and the money is? We can go into another episode. <laughs> is, that, is that a full episode's worth of shit? Or is that, I, thought, I, 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 I actually don't know. know. I actually okay. don't know. It's interesting. Maybe we'll yeah. look into that at some point. But um, yeah, so first off, we'll probably get into some more of the, the weird speculative uh, experiments that they may or may not have been getting into, you know, as you come to expect from us at the Mystery Bros, the weird alien-infused stuff. Right. We've talked about aliens like in depth, like in every single episode so far. So we may get away with only talking about them for a little bit here, right? Could be. Could be. <laughs> we might be talking for twenty minutes about <laughs> aliens again this episode, but um, but yeah. First, we'll get into the weird stuff, and then I'm going to get into the the stuff that is sadly uh, shockingly true. Um, some some crazy stuff that they were doing there, the Nazis. Um, so yeah, so we'll. we'll Jump into that, or I was going to take it from here. All right, yeah. So the first thing, or the most interesting thing about World War Two, um, is probably called Die Glocke. Um, Die Glocke. It was a um, German. It's supposed to be a German Wunderwaffen, um, which is a Wunderwaffen, wonder, wonder weapon <laughs> in English, um, which is supposed to bring um, catastrophic. Um, it was supposed to be a big weapon, or it was some kind of time travel machine. Some people think. Um, it could have been that, or it could have been, or people, we really don't know. Um, for decades has been a scattered rumor of the 
Gluka. Um, it's a space-going UFO-like saucer craft. Um, so there's mountain evidence now that's confirming that's from the Nazi era. Um, and it was in a hidden like facility in Poland. So they've actually found it. So they actually have not found it. Oh, okay. But you're t- are you talking about that yeah. that structure that's yeah. still there? Okay, yeah. Yeah. However, um, those who claim um, that have that <laughs> have used used the uh, Nazi bell, um, those uh, they, they visited the, the moon, uh, Mars, and possibly even the uh, Alderaan solar solar system. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, they often speak of the bell as this craft of unknown energy, and it was a source of uh, powering sustained flight. Beyond Earth's orbit, um, although the uh, technology was unknown to the rest of the world, um, its central component to the German space program that began more than a century before, supposedly. So it was like a craft, is what yeah, it was. People, it was some sort people, of spacecraft. People say it was some some kind of craft, um, some kind of thing that was doing maybe some damage. It says in like the reports that when people were working on it. Uh, when the five of the seven scientists who worked on it died, it Ooh. was it was like killing everything in like in twenty mile uh, twenty um, meter radiation. Di- yeah, twenty meter uh, diameter. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember when we when we watched that little video about it. it they said that it, it they think it gave off radiation, right? Yeah. So it, it would give people radiation poisoning. Yeah. So the witnesses say the bell was twelve to fifteen uh, feet. High and roughly twelve feet wide. Um, what the bell? Uh, so those who uh, claimed the bell is uh, say it was fabricated by very hard and heavy metal, along with lighter metal referred to as Lichtmetall. <laughs> um, these witnesses say that the designers of the bell used beryllium peroxide and therium peroxide, some chemicals to create it. To create it, yeah. Okay. Um, they say the. I don't know what any of that shit is. But okay. <laughs> The bell was said to have an effect zone between 490 and 660 feet around the craft. Um, some claim that the unexplainable things within this zone, such as the affirmation of crystals within the uh, animal tissues, a decomposative of plant matter into greasy substances. <laughs> um, the bell flying saucer was said to be powered by liquid fuel known as cerium-525. Where are they getting this information? I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. Get okay. There, okay. Get okay. There. So the, the, the CRM 525 was placed in a large counter-rotating cylinder that spun at high speeds. Uh, these rapid spinning combinations uh, made a highly charged electrostatic tube and created anti-gravity propulsion. Damn. Propulsion uh, that powered a spaceship to considerable heights and rates of even travel. Okay. Um, historians with penchant of the conspiracy theory claim the German flying bell was. I was housed in the facility referred as Diriz, the giant in English. Dirize was located near the near the mine, uh, it, near the Czech border. Okay. Um, so so you, said, ad- you said real quick, you said that this had been going on for like hundreds of years, right? Doing this research? Or they think maybe? So they so they said the research, we don't know how. So let's go a little deeper. There was a, yeah. there was a UFO crash in uh, 1936 in uh, Germany. Um, oh. so they think that maybe some of the, uh, with some of the crash material that they were able to re-engineer. Oh, they think maybe they back engineered stuff yeah. from that craft. Yeah. God, that stuff's so interesting to me. God damn it. 
Let's get to the evidence of right. what we actually have in front of us. Okay, okay. So the evidence. So after the close of World War II, uh, many Nazis were tried uh, for their war, war crimes um, against humanity. So a lot of these took places, like if you heard of the Nuremberg Trials. Yeah, Nuremberg Trials, um, yeah. So they were doing like all the human violations and everything that they did. Um, so one defendant was Jacob Sporingberg, a former Nazi SS, open group in fear, um, one of the highest commissioned Nazi SS ranks. Um, SS, man, they were some fucking... Oh, yeah, oh, SS. They were some brutal people, dude. You did not want to mess mess with the SS. No, no. So, um, so for um, some some of these uh, not SS officers were uh, tried in uh, Poland for what they did uh, to the Polish people okay. there, especially the Jews. Um, so against the Polish war crime court, Spornberg, uh, for the murder of he was tried for the murder of sixty German engineers, scientists, and technicians. Uh, in his affidavit, Spor- he murdered German engineers. Yeah. Oh. He murdered. He murdered mur- all the scientists. Everybody who worked on the project, he murdered. Damn. And he said Sporn gave details at the Nazi bell, calling it the Glocke, describing the secrecy surrounding the bell. Spornberg admitted that the scientists and engineers were murdered to prevent them from disclosing any details of the technology, which was with those outside the program to the outside world. Wow. And that actually did happen. Sixty uh, engineered. Did die at that base. Wow. Uh, he murdered 60 peop- Germans that worked German, on it? German wow. scientists German, and German engineers. They were ruthless, huh? Yeah. Damn. So according to uh, Spornberg's affidavit, the bell was highly advanced technology that produced a hissing, buzzing sound when operational. He noted that because of the sound, his fellow Germans referred to the bell as the Benienstock, the word for behave. Oh, the, the word that's, that means behave in German? Yeah. Interesting. But the evidence for the Nazi bell uh, does not end with Spornjerber. Um, The other person is the painter there um, who worked there. His name was Charles A. Delshu. Uh, he has further evidence of the bell's earlier existence. Uh, Delshu's images of anti-gravity bell might be an indication of German engineers had knowledge of the bell long before it was actually deployed to World War II. Mm. Yeah. And some even claim that, that the Bell paintings are evidence that he was in contact with uh, our good boys, extraterrestrials. Hey, <laughs> aliens. With a pro-Nazi agenda. We need like an alien counter. Like every time we talk about aliens. <laughs> you that's, know the, that's the Mystery Bros drinking game. Every time we bring up the aliens, you take a drink. Yeah, I don't know if our you- viewers could... Uh, <laughs> If you're 21 <laughs> up, of course. If not, you can find ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still your parents' beer. Come on. Uh, so, Dichel's paintings are highly detailed images of the craft prior to the Nazi Bell project. Um, so, that has some, that's where they could have gotten the uh, inspiration from. Okay. Um, so, the written evidence of the Nazi Bell's existence. Um, we talk, the Polish author who's done a lot of research. Published a book um, called uh, The Wunderwaffe. Um, in the text, Witowski refers to the futuristic German UFO technology as the Nazi bell. Um, so he report- reported the first discovered evidence of the bell was in ni- 1997 while poring over classified transcripts from Spornberg's Polish war, crime, uh, war crimes court testimony, uh, which, which Witowski says he also received documents from un named individual who had worked with the Poland intelligence community. 
Um, but he was said he wasn't allowed to uh, to release those transcripts, really? having detail of the Nazi bell. Um, now, so what happened to the bell? Yeah. What so what happened to, to the bell? What happened to it? So, uh, so many conspiracy theorists agree that the Nazis shifted <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theorists agree <laughs> <laughs> that the uh, that the Nazi bell could have been located could be shifted to the uh, Arctic Circle. Duh. Uh, in Antarctica, they could have took yeah. it there. I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. Oh, more South America following the uh, ex- execution of top scientists. Um, it has been said that Nazi leaders continued uh, their secret space crew program, developing uh, UFO technologies and communicating with extraterrestrials. Ooh. In Germany or for with uh, in other countries? In other countries after the yeah, war. Yeah, because they basically got like taken out of Germany, right? Yeah. They're like, you guys are smart as fuck. You did some terrible things, but like, hey, come work with us now. You're too right. smart. Yeah, they, yeah. A lot of like Nazi scientists came to America and like. Yeah, that's basically we didn't have an American program. We had a German program. Dude, the, uh, I know, I know. The, I'm gonna get into that later. About okay, Nazis, okay. But maybe even going to the moon. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. And didn't a lot of them escape to like Argentina? Or South America in general? Yes. Yeah, a so, lot of them, a lot of the SS are like people that got away. Hans Kammler. Yeah. Um, Josef Mengele, who I'm going to talk about later, he, is, he yeah. escaped and got away to Argentina. So Hans, the leader of the, like, the supposed project, Hans Kammler, um, they think that he might have taken the bell. Oh, um, where would he take it? Well, there's a crash in uh, 1964 uh, in uh, Texburg, Pennsylvania. That looks exactly like the bell-shaped object. Ooh. So people think that maybe he uh, came in the future, or he he sold the U.S. bell to to the uh, U.S. for exchange for immunity. But like the most obvious explanation for his disappearance, I mean, like a lot of SS rank high-ranking officials did this just disappear um, with no trace of them. But a lot of them went to Argentina, so he could have easily just gone to Argentina yeah. as well. That's important. To know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that, so that's the, but the thing in Pennsylvania. When was this? 1964. It's when it crashed. It's when it crashed in Texburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. A bell-shaped object looks exactly like the one drawn. Really? Yeah. So people think that. maybe. What if it was someone just trying to copy, or did they? Was that not? Well, why did it just crash? Sky. I don't know. They were trying to build it or something, and they fucked it up. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Or he could have uh, taken it to the he, or some people even believe that uh, that a not handful of Nazi leaders traveled to the Aldron solar system with the uh, Bell technology. <laughs> what evidence do they have of that? Uh, none. None. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of cool. Um, if there was a base there, so that's yeah. what we know. Like. If it did all this shit that the, the that like people claimed it did, probably not. But like, it isn't that that like cement structure that's in Poland? It's still there, right? Yeah, and that's where they believe that it was kept. It was. Um, they don't. They could have also been just a water tower because those are the exact same sh- shapes as the foundation of what would a what water tower yeah, would yeah. have. Yeah, um, I never know. But it's pretty interesting. Pretty fascinating. Um. It's a cool story, that's for sure. Definitely. And it was a witness from an SS ranking official who uh, gave a testimony, and those people actually did die. 60 people did die, so that wow. is confirmed. What they were working on, he claims, was the bell, but we have, unfortunately don't really know. 
He claims, as in the scientist, he claims he was working on the bell. He claimed they were all killed because, uh, yeah, because of the because of the bell. Because the information was so sensitive. Yeah. Why? God damn it! Fucking Nazis! Like, why couldn't they just like talk to us about it? <laughs> you know, like if we, after the war you lost already, like could all work together and like rebuild it. That'd be crazy. Yeah. But no one wants to work together. No, I think. A lot of them were like, "Oh shoot! Like, we don't want we don't want the Soviets to have this technology." Yeah, so they don't want, want we, every every country doesn't want the other major country to yeah. have it. I get it with China though. I wouldn't want China. I wouldn't work together with China on anything like that. I don't trust them. Right. So if China was coming over to conquer you. You guys, yeah, I'd destroy shit that <laughs> could possibly give them more power. But right. um. So that's what that's, that's the crazy. Cool, yeah, it's cool about the uh, Nazi bell, the Glocke, the Wunderwaffen, the Wunderwaffen, Wunderwaffen, Wonder Weapon. In Switzerland, do they speak? It, is it a type of German or yeah, is it just it's a dialect? It's a different dialect of German. It's a different dialect. Of okay, Schweizerdeutsch. <laughs> What'd you say? Swiss German. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What's the next crazy experiment you got for us? I think a lot of people. Have you ever heard of Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters. The band? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, uh, the history of... Um, these were the first UFO reported. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of Allied soldiers... A lot of Allied pilots during the war. Uh-huh. Um, so this is actually very credible. Um, a lot of World War II fighters during the war were flying, and they would see this fireball object in the skies. Um, it wouldn't attack them, but it wouldn't leave them alone. So, like... Um, the pilots got freaked out, spooked, and like kind of leave their system. It wouldn't attack, but it yeah. just wouldn't leave them alone. It would just dart all over, just be this big fireball. And it was seen a lot over Germany and occupied France during the time okay. of Germany. Um, and in other places as well. There's so many accounts of these things. Fighter pilots said that they saw these? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, planes. And like they knew they weren't going crazy because like the person behind it saw them. Like, was right it? There. It was allied, allied, allied guys, allied fighters. No, no Nazi or Axis guys. Fighters said that they saw anything like nope. that. Okay, or not, not that we know of. So that's what makes. But us it think could, it could been, it could have been like maybe their regime was like if you came out and said to the hey lieutenant, I just saw like a fireball. They might have been okay, okay. Yeah, maybe up. he's done. Maybe he's done. <laughs> send send him to a. <laughs> We'll get into this later. They were too hopped up on meth to be worrying about fucking fireballs in the sky. Right. Anyway. So a lot of them, uh, so how to, um, so a lot of scientists like kind of thought like, how are they going to like disprove what they're seeing? So a lot of people came up with the electric charged um, fire that happens during a storm, which okay. you can see lights. Yeah. But, like, we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, yeah. right? How they saw some red lightning. Right. I mean, that's what could, could have Christopher Columbus could have saw. Yeah. But so that's one explanation. But pilots were really angry at that. Like I did turns, I did loops. This thing would keep it following. following this keep thing would just keep following me. And these are I, just I believe them. Yeah, and these aren't just one case. pilots, yeah. right? And other people thought like it was just stress. I mean, you see like tanks, you see explosions everywhere. You see people firing at you, so they maybe just see stuff like yeah. afterwards. Um, but I guess what would tie it to um, the Germans? Um, so the author, uh, Renato uh, uh, Vasco, 
um, believed the Foo Fighters were Nazi secret weapons. Um, in his work to intercept UFO, um, he reprinted a revised English edition. Um, he claims that the Foo Fighters were in fact a form of ground-launched, automatically guided, jet-propelled flake uh, mine called the Fearball, or Fearball, or the Fireball. <laughs> Uh, the device was supposedly operated by special units of the SS and resembled a, tor- a turquoise shell in shape and flew by means of gas jets that uh, spun like a Catherine wheel around the fuselage. Um, so it looks like it's basically just like a jet on gas, like looks like it's on fire and it's like spinning around. So like that's what, that's what they claim they see. But here's the thing. There's no evidence Support this. They haven't found any. They haven't found any evidence or anything in seventy years. They haven't found anything that support that the Germans had like some kind of web like technology. But they did destroy a lot of shit, didn't they? The Germans. It could have, yeah. So it could have, it could have been German, mm-hmm. but there's just no evidence. There's found they found nothing to support that they were the cause of the uh, Foo Fighters, okay. and these were the first real reported UFO phenomenon where people just couldn't explain like what it what it was. How many cases were there? Like how many people over, saw? Over there's lot? over 350. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And and how did it work? You said it was on fire and it like spun. Yeah. So like it was a jet fuselage thing. It like fire and spun like that. But like, and it was like um, what would you call it? Um, it was circular. Yeah. So like it looked. Another theory is they just made like some kind of um electromagnetic like. Like they create their own spark, otherwise okay. make it look spooky. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, if it was German, why did it never attack? That's what they're always like. Why did it just keep falling? Just to scare them, I guess that was a tactic. Yeah, maybe. When was this? Like, this was all during the war, before the war. This was all during the war. Yeah, nothing before the war. Nothing before the war. It makes me think it's it's some sort of German, German. and no uh, and no. But what if it was like aliens, like? They notice like there's a lot of fucking bombs going off or something on Earth. Like what's going on? And they come down and check it out. You know, <laughs> yeah, doing a little they're not, documentary they're not team. They're not going to help anybody, but they just want to see what's going on down <laughs> here because there's all kinds of explosions and people dying. Yeah, I you mean, know, true. So that's another uh, obviously aliens is another theory. Here we are talking about <laughs> aliens again here on Mystery Bros. Yeah, definitely Take alien. Drink. Um, it was just a ball of lightning. Both said they saw. I don't know if I believe that. I don't believe the ball of lightning. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if the pilots said that it was like following them and stuff, yeah. like I trust them. Like it, lightning doesn't do that. And the fact that the Axis never reported any of this, never said they ever saw any balls of lightning. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I think that makes it seem like it's. I I, I think this is some sort of German thing. I mean, there's compel- I just wish like there's some kind of evidence. Like they're very good yeah. at written technology. It's nothing. interesting that there's yeah. nothing yeah. there right now, or that anybody's ever claimed to have like come out and said they like yes, I was working on this to like yeah to like spoof the uh, spoof the uh, flight uh, pilots. I think they were very very like loyal to the Nazi party, and they like. They were told not to tell anything, you know what I mean? I think that, I mean, they thought, like, they literally thought that, like, Aryan race was, like, 
a higher race of people. So it's like, oh, it's not. They wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't give up like uh, information just because they got captured or something. They would probably just be like, all right, it's my time to die. I'm not telling anybody. You know. Right. I guess I can see that. So I think that that is. I would say that's that was German. I would I would guess. I'm gonna go with not aliens on this one. <laughs> Shocker. Me, I just I don't know. I'm fifty fifty because I think there's good evidence to support that it was maybe German. I just wish somebody would like someone would have come out and said like, yes, I worked on this project or something. Sometimes people just don't come out, man. Right. You know. And there's no evidence, no notes of anything. Yeah, people are scared. Yeah. But yeah, it's a big mystery, so I guess we'll never know. Yeah, that one's that one's really interesting. What was the, what were those called again? The Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Okay. So we're gonna go even uh, farther than we've yeah, gone. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go from yeah <laughs> crazy to even more crazy. Let's so go. we're gonna go to even more crazy. So in uh, 1976, then we'll bring it back to reality. A uh, Russian probe was uh, landed on a particular spot on the moon and was doing some tests and diagnosis. Um, so it brought like some a sample back of the moon to uh, Russia. Uh-huh. And when they were doing that diagnostics, they realized someone's landed there before. Like it was like the moon was the, the dust was all tossed up from the out like coming here like someone's landed there before. Who is this? The Russians? Yes. Okay. So they thought someone. But the thing is, no U.S. Any kind of U.S. thing has never been reported anything anywhere near that site where they landed. Okay. So they knew it couldn't have been U.S. Okay. So still could have been. I guess like some stuff. They could have found something weird and just not report. You know what I mean? But continue. Okay. <laughs> so if it wasn't the U.S., many people claim that it was uh, Nazis. Um, so many they speculated it was Nazis since they were like highly technological advanced. Um, so we basically had a German. Program uh, the Germans landed. NASA from, was yeah. pretty much German for yeah. Wasn't like one of the big von Braun. Main, yeah. Werner von Braun was von Braun. was one of the main scientists there, and he's a Nazi, right? Yeah, he said in one interview we had help. <laughs> but anyways, so going back, um, they thought that the Germans were on the cusp, like the U two rockets that they used in World War Two were the first rockets where they could, like, all right, we want a launch point and we're going to target. And that rocket's going to that target. Before that, okay. like there's no guided missile system they could really yeah. do that. So they thought they were maybe short. Yeah, the Nazis invented like the guided missile, yeah. right? Yeah. So they thought like maybe the Nazis actually did go to the moon. However, here's the thing: like I feel like they would have been proud that they went to the moon. Yeah, they would have said something. They would have right? said something. Someone would have come out. That's a big thing. But if it wasn't Nazis, and this would have to be okay. So if this was during the Nazis, that would have to be like what in the 30s. Yeah, 30s and 40s. 30s and 40s, like, that's, we didn't land on the moon until 69, right? Yeah. That's a long time before yeah. before the supposed first moon landing, if that's true. Correct. You know, damn. But, it, I mean, they had a lot of German scientists that help us get there, yeah. so maybe, maybe they did it. Yeah, there's no evidence. That- but wouldn't they come out and say that? Yeah, Just like exactly. you said, like, wouldn't they be like, bitch, we were on the moon first. <laughs> yeah. Here's our flag. Yeah, there would be a Nazi flag up on the moon. Could you imagine that? <laughs> God, that would suck. Maybe there was. Maybe, they maybe there was. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
when the Americans got up there, they were just like, oh, let's get <laughs> this, this, this out of here. We were the first people yeah, here. Yeah, they're like, shit, they see a Nazi flag, they're like, fuck, uh, let's just take that down and uh, forget that we ever saw that. This was every year. This is the first moon landing. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's interesting. Um, is there any other evidence for it? No. So people just, people just speculate. The only evidence is that the Russians saw like a craft. saw a spot. Yeah, where they a saw an actual craft. No, or they, no, no craft. Okay. Where, they, where a craft like supposedly landed. How did they there. know? There's an indent. Like, yeah, like the, the like. And there's no track. atmosphere on yeah. on the moon, so it, it would yeah. just yeah. And the um the moon dust was tossed up. Like it couldn't have just like someone had to Man, unsettle it. There's no wind aliens, up there, bro. It could have been aliens, aliens hanging out on the moon, dude. Come on. For sure. But if you don't want to go the alien route, then the only other logic... It could have been top secret U.S. Yeah, dude. I, I, I don't know if I believe that the Nazis went to the moon. I mean, I, it's possible. It's I'm not saying it's like crazy, crazy. This isn't quite as crazy as I thought, but... There's there's just no evidence at all. Like, And, and I think the, the biggest damning thing to that is that they were the Nazis. They would have for sure said, we landed on the moon, bitches. Like, you know what I mean? They would have... Yeah. They would have been proud of that. They would have announced that for sure. Right? Right, yeah. I yeah. I, I think that's that, that's a big thing. Like Someone would have also come out like, I worked on the space program that went, sent the Nazis to the moon. Yeah, exactly. Hitler would be like, we landed on the moon. We're the yeah. first humans to ever be on the moon. They, he would use that for like, we're so racially superior. superior. Yeah. yeah. Unless it was so top about secret. That yeah, or or just you know, if you don't want to go aliens, you gotta go Nazis. No, man, no. There's other, there's other explanations for it, but I don't know. I don't know. There, there's, there's no other evidence that makes it tough to like. There would be like, have no like, records but, of it or anything. Maybe they burnt it all, like you said. Possible. Yeah, and they killed all the scientists that were working on the space program. But I feel like this would have had to have been before the war, right? Like they wouldn't have been doing that. Yeah, why would you the want war to, was going yeah, on? Would, I think they'd be, be focusing like waste, more on yeah, yeah, it's a waste of resources. Exactly. So this had to be like in the thirties, right? Like yeah, mid to late thirties. So Nazis were around from what thirty, like thirty three ish, right? Yeah, like around until about forty six. Yeah, forty five. The end of World War Two. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's way ahead of everybody else if that's the case, but it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we had the we had like the means to create the technology back then, right? We just didn't do it until the '60s. Until I, I, we should look. What decide? Why did we just decide to go to the moon? It was just something that we wanted to do. I think so. And we just wanted to be first. Yeah. And Russia was thinking about it, so yeah. we're like, "Fuck, we got to do it before them." I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Who knows? But. And then, if you want to go really out there, um, they said maybe the alleged crash was a UFO flying saucer uh, from the, that the Nazis. Roswell. Built. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that that Roswell was a Nazi, but wasn't that in the fifties? Yeah. So what they're saying is like those so the Nazis did have like round circular craft that uh-huh. they built. They weren't that good. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of those. They weren't that good, yeah. but like they had like if they would have like maybe. Eight, eight more years or five more years of development, they could have made like a cool flying saucer. Yeah. So if you go on to go, the more rational explanation is that all these German scientists built this flying saucer thing. They perfected it, and that's what crashed at Roswell. 
some top secret. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Some top secret, um, like, like code. Yeah. Yeah. That was technically all the Nazis that were working on it before now came to America and uh, were working on it. Yeah. Or it could have been a time machine. Some people think it was maybe a German, like, a flying saucer that went through time and crashed. Doing some time experiments and yeah. crashed. I've heard of that of that they've been work, they were working on like time travel and stuff. Yeah. Einstein was working on that stuff. Einstein around that says, time. He says they and can, he's they German, can, yeah. right? But he, he came to America way before the war, right? Germans were just really smart, dude. They were just ahead of it. I don't know why. I wonder what made them so. They even said at the end of the war that they actually killed more Soviets than the Soviets killed the Germans, but they were still advancing because they just had so many. Well, yeah, dude, the Soviet and the Soviets were, I think the Soviets lost more people in the war than like anybody else. Yeah. Right. And they were just very like brutal with their tactics. There's like, a huge age gap right now. They say that if you were born in the year, I don't know. They said like 1925. Yeah. You had, you had a, uh, <laughs> you had an eighty-three percent chance of not making not making it past your twenty-third birthday. Wow, Russia's rough, dude. Russia is rough, and they also Russia was also bad. Like they also said, like any uh, anybody who like didn't join the war offer effort would go to the gulags. You don't want to go to the gulags, dude. Dude, yeah. In Russia, man, they were like they were just like you're gonna just go die for Russia, and that's yeah. that's how it I is. Mean, tactically, the. Germans were better, but the Russians just had so just many people, more people to, to throw at them. Like, <laughs> but um, all right, let's let's get into some more. Well, I'll start going into some more. Like, now this stuff is all pretty much true. All right, this is not like speculative, like weird stuff. This is all pretty true, but it's just still so shocking and crazy that, um, and weird that it's just something that we'll talk about. So the Nazis. We're pretty much one of the first like armies, like the first uh, the first people to figure out like the best performance enhancing uh, ways for their soldiers. You know what I mean? Like they were very interested in keeping their soldiers alert and like combating fatigue and stuff in their people. Not just like strategy of like how to fight the war, which they were very good at, but they but they also were like, we need to figure out how to make our soldiers even just better. And um. So they did that, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of this information I got from uh, this guy, Norman Oler, and he wrote this book called Blitzed, where they kind of go into the Nazis and, and all the, the different drugs and stuff that they used back then. But um, it's really interesting. Drugs were, were pretty important to just Germany in general, like in the 20s, because, you know, they just lost World War One. Things weren't going great for them. <clears throat> so they basically... You know, they, there's some drugs going on, a lot of cocaine use, a lot of opium use, that kind of stuff. A lot of people were, you know, d- depressed from World War One, the way that went. So they did a lot of cocaine, morphine, um, amphetamines, that kind of stuff going on. Um, and then all of a sudden, 1930, the German government outlawed drugs. It was actually the first, like, war on drugs ever of any country. Like, they basically just outlawed drugs in Germany. Yet, um, in 1935... Uh, there was the invention of a drug called Pervitin, which, um, which, yeah, it was invented in Germany. Um, it became like really popular and that's pretty much because it's basically crystal meth. <laughs> they literally just invented like crystal meth, uh, methamphetamines. 
um, which is an extremely powerful stimulant, right? A big stimulant. It raises adrenaline, dopamine. Like it's, it's, you know, doing math, man. Like it's basically doing math. And, um, it, you know, it makes you really like alert, like heightened senses and stuff. And they like, they sold it in stores and stuff because they thought like, Oh, this is just a performance enhancing like thing that people can take like mm-hmm. Pervitin. They, they literally had uh, a deal with a chocolate company and they would just, they sold Pervitin to the chocolate company and the chocolate companies put Pervitin in their chocolate and people <laughs> were eating it. People were literally just eating meth back then. All right. <clears throat> It was actually marketed to like housewives, the chocolate. So it was like, hey, you know, you can be uh, ready, clean the whole house. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you how much, do how well, much was the dose though? Like, was it like a small little, Good amount. A good amount? Yeah, like people were doing math in Germany just like on the daily. I kind of want to try the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> right, some Pervitin chocolate. Um, but yeah, so, so that happened in 1935. And so that became pretty common place and then um when the nazis started you know doing their research um they started basically figuring out that this is just a really good performance enhancing drug and we should give it to soldiers to make them not need sleep like you could literally if you were just taking the meth uh you could go like days and days without sleeping really yeah (laughs) yeah literally you could go you could probably die though doing that after eventually yeah but you could go like three, four, five days without sleeping and then just, like, get some sleep and, and it just was meth, man. It just right. kept you up, dude. It was not great for you, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, so they basically realized that when the soldiers were taking it, they didn't need sleep for days. They were very alert. They could fight longer. They could fight harder. And um, so they basically just started... When, when the war started and the Nazis started fighting, literally all the soldiers, all the pilots, everything were just on meth. Just hopped up on meth the entire time. Damn. Um, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> they were all just fucked up. All right, let's get the yeah. some Russians. Yeah, right. It was crazy, and and apparently, um, so on the western front of of Germany, when they're trying to get to France, there's all those mountains, right? Like the mm-hmm. what are they called? The Mer- the, the Mers. The, Alps. the Mers. Is it? It's no, probably not the Alps. No, it's not the Alps. I think it's the, like the Mers or something. But um, yeah, so. Their, their strategy was they need to go, they just need to start going to France, but they need to go through this enormous mountain range. And if it took them longer than like three days, the, the, the French and the British would, would have find out and they would be able to like send someone to, or, you know, they'd be able to get ready and send their forces to stop them before they could like really get into France. So they basically just fed all their entire army, just tons of meth, and they stayed up for three days straight and hiked through the entire mountains. And because of that, they were very successful in the beginning of the war, dude, because they were just, their soldiers were just super soldiers, dude. They were hopped up on meth. And they didn't give a fuck, dude. And meth, it, it makes you, like, supercharged, but it, like, you your fear is a lot less. You don't really, you're not too worried about dying, you're not too worried about anything. You're just ready to fucking go, so... Obviously, that would make you a better soldier. You know what I mean? <laughs> Back in World War II. Um, so, yeah. So, so they basically just all took Pervitin, hiked for three days straight, nonstop, through the mountains to get to France. And, wow. and took the French and, and British by surprise because they didn't think that no one thought that was possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and to be honest, for, for a while, like that, a lot of people like to attribute 
their success to that. To, uh, <laughs> to them being literally all their soldiers being, you know, math. like what you were saying earlier, like one German soldier to every like three or four French or British, like it's because they were just hopped up on meth. They could just go harder and better than anyone else. And no other army was doing this. No other army was doing this at the time. Apparently a part of the French army, their version of this was they gave every, everybody, every soldier had like an allotted amount of red wine that they, that they got from the army every day or something <laughs> like that. But red wine versus meth, you know, who's going to be better? Um, what, what, what would you rather want? Do you want some meth or do you want some red wine? I mean, if I was going into war, I'd probably want some meth. Dude. Are you kidding me? If I was going, to, especially World War II, like the type of fighting they did back then, just like trench warfare, all that shit, no, I'd want yeah. some meth for sure. During the, the flight battles, uh, France and Britain were watching these German uh, fighter pilots and like they were doing maneuvers that were like impossible because you would literally just pass out from the G forces of the move, but they were just doing completely impossible maneuvers. So the French and and the British were like, what the fuck is going on? How are they doing this shit? But then they could do it because they were on meth because like the adrenaline kept them from passing out. So, (laughs) so yeah. So then back to the, the fighter pilot that got shot down during the battle of Britain um, the pilot was captured and he had this like mysterious roll of pills. Like, like they had, he had this little like box of like all kinds of shit. He had like Coke and, and stuff that was all given to them. And then there was like this mysterious roll of pills that no one knew what it was. And, uh, that turned out to be the pervitin methamphetamine. So that's when, that's when the, the French and the British started realizing like, Oh shit. Like these guys are just like, Fucked up. These guys are just on drugs, and they're, that's why they they can fight so ridiculous. And then, not really sure at that point if like the French and the British decided to start doing that or not. I don't think they ever did, to be honest. I don't think that they would they would do that. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe some they're of them, like, all right, guys, we got to beat the Germans somehow. Listen, guys, we all just got to take a ton of math here. All right? We got they're kicking our ass out here. <laughs> um. So yeah. So and then then. Later on, uh, they found out that Hitler was basically taking like two or three doses of, of morphine and opium uh, daily. And that's why they, that's what a lot of people attribute his crazy ideas to him just kind of starting to go crazy because he was taking so much like opium. Hitler was actually a health freak, which is one thing. He never smoked, he didn't drink, he didn't do any of that stuff, but he didn't realize like, Back then, they didn't know a ton about, like, opium and all that stuff. And the, and he had this doctor that was just, like, you would inject, like, vitamins and stuff into him all the time. And then eventually, like, shit started to go bad with the war. And Hitler was like, I need something, like, stronger. And the doctor was like, okay, I can just give you some, like, opium and stuff. And gave him that. So he started injecting him with, like, opium. Like, he was basically just taking heroin. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So they're big druggies. Yes, dude. The Nazis and, and a lot of people contribute or attribute they're so much of their success in the beginning of the war to that, that they were all just like on meth, just methed up soldiers, just fighting till they died, fighting their hearts out. And I mean, it does. I mean, it makes you a lot more alert, makes you a lot more uh, fearless, makes you, you know, all that stuff. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of people say like crazy conspiracy theorists, people say that like there's, there's Nazi like pyramids and stuff in Antarctica and then there's Nazi base that was like in Antarctica and all that stuff. Some people even think Hitler. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, 
Turns out there is a little bit of truth behind that, you know, or at least there's a, there's a reason why people say this stuff. Um, and we'll get into that really quick. So it kind of all started in 1936. Um, Hitler completed a four-year plan to boost the German military and uh, get them ready for war by 1940. And he put uh, this dude in charge of developing, basically, it was called the German Fat Plan. And... Um, apparently like Germany back then was like, they were on a pretty high fat diet, which is good. That's what I do. Um, (laughs) They were on a very high fat diet, a lot of butter, milk, cream, cheese, uh, margarine, um, different kinds of oils. And then they also used, used fats for a lot of other things like detergent, candles, paint, linoleum, all that kind of stuff. So they needed, and Hitler was worried that like, their fat supplies could get cut off during the war. Like, like, cause they don't really have a lot of that in Germany. They have to like transport it from wherever it comes from. A lot of it came from whale fats. You know what I mean? And Germany doesn't really have much of a, do they border the ocean all a little bit? Right. So, but, but yeah, I think that a lot of their fats came from like outsourced. So he was worried about that. So he wanted to try and like establish, um, a good source of fat that they could get. And like I said, a lot of uh, fats at that time came from whale, from whaling. So he basically sent, uh, sent a crew down to Antarctica to claim some land in Antarctica and to do some whaling and, and set up like a, a post there where they could like, uh, they could whale and like get fat and then send it back to Germany. Oh, no Nazi UFO under uh Well, under we can get race. to that in a second. Uh, but this is like the true. This is this is all true. So um, they they began like building a factory of whaling ships um, to send down to the Southern Ocean. Um, apparently, whaling had just like f- basically decimated the North Atlantic and the Pacific at that time. Like we didn't we didn't respect any environmental stuff. We were just killing all the whales. So like we were they weren't doing so hot. We were we were killing them all. We were killing too many. So they had to go down to the South Ocean down by Antarctica. So that's why they they had to do that. So um in August 1936 um they basically sent the ships down there. Um the German Foreign Office found some some unclaimed land in Antarctica between like a Norwegian zone and a British zone. So they were like, that's where we're going to go. We're going to go claim that land. Um, <laughs> apparently it's, it's the region uh, between 20 degrees east and 10 degrees west, part of an area known as Queen Maud Land. Um, oh, I'm sorry. So in 1938 is when they officially went down there. They, they, uh, they took it, took down there. It took about three months um, to build like the boat that they wanted to build, it was called the Schwabenland. Schwabenland. You could probably say it better than me. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Schwabenland, um, and it sailed from Hamburg in December 1938 with a crew of 82 scientists, officers, and enlisted men. Uh, there was one Nazi official on board, as per you know, that was just part of the requirements. It reached Antarctica about a month later. Um, they began aerial reconnaissance using like flying boats. They named the land New Schwabenland after the boat. Um, and basically, the 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 flights were were so that they could like photograph the land and do like re- you know cartography and like basically claim it for Nazi Germany. 
But um, one of the flights ran low on fuel and had to throw out like a bunch of their gear to lighten it. Otherwise, they were going to go down and die. So like all their like recordings and everything was gone from that. They had to like ditch it. Um, supposedly, there was a, a box of metal swastikas they were going to use to claim that they over ditched overboard. And people have been trying to find those, I think, for a while now. But they've never been found. Apparently, like, the, the amount of land that they were trying to recover, uh, that they were going to claim there, is, like, bigger than, like, Germany. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were going to, like, double in size by just claiming this land. The Schwabenland didn't last very long. They completed their work, began the long trip home in February 5th, 1939. So it wasn't there for that long. Um, this is where... Uh, this is actually where they discovered the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. On their way home, they were doing like, uh, they were doing scans of the seafloor, and they found the Mid-Atlantic Ridge on their way home. They were the first people to discover it, which is like a big like ridge of like volcanoes and stuff that is somewhere in the Atlantic there. Um, but but yeah, so I mean, it says most of the expedition's science was lost during the war, or it was kept under wraps. Um, until they published, they didn't publish it until 1958. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, yeah, the people say, you know, there's ancient secret Nazi bases there and stuff like that. And, and there could be based on, I mean, based on the story, they went there. It's just, according to the, to what we think are the facts, they didn't, they didn't establish any base or anything there at all. They just went there. They just went there. They didn't even like, they were going to set up a whaling thing. They didn't even do that. So they did that. Mission kind of. It was up. like a seal for something else. Like we're gonna set up the whaling base, but it's actually like an underwater UFO base. Yeah. Where, where all the Foo Fighters came out of. <laughs> all right. So one other thing about the uh, Antarctic mission. Um. So in nineteen in the after like a couple years after the war, the U.S. sent like a whole bunch of navy naval uh to Antarctica called the Operation High Jump. Um. The plan was to do some research and do some exploration of Antarctica. But uh, theorists contend that they were actually there to scout out Nazi bases, any leftover Nazi bases, and to like wipe oh, them out. Okay, so that's okay. the that's that's what. When was this? This is like right after the war. Okay, and that that's so they did that. So they did that, and the and the theory contending to that is um, that like any not bad Nazis who survived or anything just wanted to just like wipe them, like yeah. make sure they're all gone. So that's a that's a theory. Um. So yeah, we'll just end it on Joseph Mengele. End it on the bright side. No, I'm kidding. This part. <laughs> Joseph right. Mengele was very fucked up, man. Dr. Mengele, he was known as the angel of death. All right, so if that tells you anything, <laughs> this is going to be really cheery. Uh, this is a rough one. So spoiler alert, if you don't like hearing like intense, crazy stuff, uh, you know, brutal, ruthless stuff, just end the episode now. <laughs> Catch us next week. But um. Yeah, so Joseph Mengele, man, he was born in Germany in 1911. He was born in, like, the Bavarian region. Uh, smart kid. He grew up uh, with, he had, like, a bunch of older sisters or older brothers and stuff. So he was, like, the youngest. And his mom, like, really, really liked him. Like, his mom was just obsessed with him, apparently. Um, so he always had that. His mom always told him he was going to be this and that. So he, he had high hopes for himself. Um he graduated when he was 19, smart kid. Um, he went to the University of Munich uh, to be a doctor oh. in the 30s. Nice guy. Oh, what, what a nice, what a nice occupation. So 
started off all right. Um, he was very fascinated by eugenics and the like selective breeding, all that kind of stuff. He was very, very interested in that. Um, I think that was a thing going around Germany at the time, right? The eugenics and how the Germans were superior, basically. Or eugenics is more just about the fact that some races are superior than others right. and how to like breed them, this and that, right? So he was trying to like mangle some stuff together. Yeah, you know, he was very fascinated by eugenics and selective breeding. So, um, and then he also started to believe that the Jews and the Slavs were subhuman, um, which is a big another thing going around at the time in Germany. Uh, led to some bad stuff. Um, he he didn't think that Jews or Slavs should be able to breed with pure blood Germans. Uh, Nineteen thirty seven, he officially joined the Nazi Party. Um, he and then very quickly after he joined the Nazi Party, he became part of the SS. All right, so he was not uh, not a good guy. He joined the Nazis. The SS was very into eugenics and believed Jews and Slavs were below human. So not a good start for this guy. But apparently, he was a pretty good soldier. He won multiple medals. He won uh, on the Eastern Front. He fought like against the Russians for a while. Um, for the first couple of years, I think he was in the Nazi Party as an as the SS. He wasn't even doing like science or research. He was basically just fighting, and and then he got injured um, pretty bad in a, in a in one of the battles against uh, <clears throat> in one of the battles against Russia. Um, and so he was given a medal, and he was given the position as the main uh, eugenics researcher for the, for the SS. And then he was sent to Auschwitz oh, to wow. be able to. Not, like, sent there, but, like, he was stationed. They said, you're going to go to Auschwitz, and you're basically just going to do all your experiments, whatever kind of experiments you feel like doing on these people because they're basically guinea pigs for you. Um, so his, uh, his first job, uh, he was basically part of the selection committee when you first got to Auschwitz. So, like, when they were just sending trainfuls of, of people there to Auschwitz, his job was to look at them and decide whether they should just be killed immediately or or if they can work. So basically, children, just immediately, he'd kill them. They're dead. And apparently, like, he was very, like, like, he almost seemed, like, very, like, calculated. Like, he didn't, he would just look at someone, tell them, just say, yep, kill this one or, you know, the next one. Like, he, it didn't phase him at all, you know what I mean? So he was definitely a bit of a psychopath. Uh, I think we have that. That's for sure. Um, he chose when inmates could work, which ones could work, which ones couldn't. His first day there, he sent 1,035 people to the gas chamber. His very first day. Nice start. So, yeah. Off to a yeah. good start there. Um, apparently over 80% of the people coming in there were just immediately killed. Yeah, just insane. Any child who was under the, 14 or under killed immediately. Wow. Um, but while he was there, he, he instructed guards to seek out um, people that were, like, deformed, like, had any sort of, like, retardation or, or physical deformancy. And then he was also very, very interested in twins. He, he thought that... Um, Twins held this, the secrets to... He wanted to figure out how to create more twins, basically. 
because he wanted the Germans to be able to create Aryan twins, you know, all the time, whenever they wanted. And um, so he took a lot of twins and did like experiments on them. Um, one thing he was very, he was very uh, fascinated with people with eye color because he obviously he thought that blue eyes was like superior. So he was very interested in eye color and he wanted to figure out how to like turn people's eyes. So he would do experiments where he would like inject different colored dyes into people's eyes and stuff like kids, dude, like children. And he would inject, inject dyes and stuff into their eyes and try and figure out how to, if they could change it, this and that. It was crazy. Um, Anyway, so the kids that he chose to do experiments on at first, he treated them really nicely. He was like really, really courteous with them. Like, gave them candy, was very respectful with them and put them in like better quarters and stuff. But it turns out that was just so he could kind of like manipulate them better and, and, you know, he could gain their trust a little bit so that he could do the, all these crazy experiments on them. And, um, apparently through all this, all these experiments that I'm going to talk about and all the stuff that he did, anesthesia was never used. Not once. So all these experiments were just raw. All natty. Um, he would do weird stuff like removing specific organs, removing people's limbs and seeing how he, he basically was doing experiments to figure out like how far you could go with people before they just died because, because they were just to him. They just didn't matter. It didn't matter if they died or not. Um, so never used anesthesia. Um, he would, he would immerse people in like freezing water and keep them there until they died just to see how long. They could live also the same in like scalding hot water. Um, he injected people with all kinds of like experimental chemicals. They were trying to figure out like different chemicals for warfare. Um, he, he castrated like a lot of boys and then sterilized a lot of females. So he just was crazy. He deliberately uh, infected wounds with gangrene so that he could see like how long people could live with it how long you would survive. Um, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. He was a, a really messed up dude. And, and apparently like people say he did all this stuff and like, he didn't feel like remorse. Like there was, he didn't, you know what I mean? He didn't, he just did it for science. He thought, and, and it was just didn't care about what happened to the people. Um, oh man, one famous, this is, this is the most ruthless thing. One, one of the famous stories is that, he would allow women to give birth to kids and then he would tape the woman's breasts so that the baby couldn't eat and she would have to watch her baby just starve to death, which is crazy. Um, Apparently one night he just built like a huge fire, like a big ass bonfire that night. He threw 300 children into the fire. See how, see how long they could survive and stuff. So, these don't even really sound a lot like experiments, dude. These are more just like sadistic, crazy ways to just kill people. I mean, some things were experiments, but like some things just sound like he was just a sick guy who just wanted to do weird shit to kill people. Um, Like I said earlier, he was really fascinated with eye color. He would inject children's eyes with different dyes so they could change their color. And then after the kids were, were murdered, like after he had them killed, he would collect their eyes, dude. And he had like a, apparently he just had a huge box full of just like eyes that had like 
numbers and letters on them to like so he could tell like whose they were and all that stuff. But he just collected people's eyes. Um, yeah, one another famous story. He tried to sew two twins together at one point. He can trying to conjoin them and see if they could survive. He literally like they had their blood vessels and their organs like connected, and apparently they died three days later. Obviously from gangrene, but it's 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 crazy. Um, so Joseph Mangala was a was a crazy dude, but they did a lot of weird medical experiments down there. They figured out a lot of stuff though. To be honest with you, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't think Joseph Mangala himself figured out too much, or I don't even think any of his research really got out. Um, but the Nazis in general, they, they discovered a lot of medical things. So, well, yeah, Joseph Mangala, man, he was a weird, crazy dude. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Really sadistic, was... man, like all that stuff he was doing to kids. Apparently the Japanese weren't much better. They did, all, they did yeah. some crazy experiments to the Chinese as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, so like both, but all Axis powers had no remorse. Yeah, people. they were they all just, just like pigs, yeah. crazy, man. They were all just, just for the advancement of their people, and that's it. They didn't care about anything else. Um, after the war, he went on the run. He got captured by the Russians, but they didn't realize that he was an SS soldier. So apparently, the Russians gave him to the Americans, and the Americans didn't know he was SS either, so they just let him go. And um, he escaped to Argentina, where he lived. He basically lived out the rest of his life there. But he lived in Brazil when he or he, he died in Brazil in 1976. Apparently, he was he did not have a great life towards the end, which is nice to hear because <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. But apparently, he was very like poor and poverty struck. In there's a whole movie about it if you want to watch it. I've heard about that. A movie about him in Argentina, yeah. right? The Good Doctor, it's called, right? <laughs> it's a terrible name, okay? He was not a good doctor. He was a terrible person. He's credited for probably killing, you know, thirty to 50,000 people himself. Or at least having, at least like telling, you know, like having a hand in it, like sending 30 to 40, 50,000 people to their death. As far as him physically actually killing them, it was in the thousands. But yeah, so he was a bad dude, Joseph Mangala. Not a good guy. But yeah, like you said, there's a movie about that. All right, so I think that's enough for this topic here. I mean, so much messed up stuff that, that went down in World War II. It's just crazy. Oh, it's crazy, crazy to think that was like, like, that was only, it was less than 100 years ago. It was about, what, like 67, no, what, 70 years ago? I'm not the greatest at math, so, but it was, but it was like, yeah, yeah it was about there. 80 years ago, so that's, that's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that. I think there is there still anyone alive from World War Two that yeah just I think really they're still old, they're few, just old right? as dirt but yeah. they're really old yeah um, yeah yeah it's crazy isn't there still a few Holocaust survivors alive yeah there's yeah. a lot um, I think we're definitely gonna revisit World War Two sometime in the uh, future cause eventually because there's, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah, eventually we can get back into that. But we just, uh, we, I think this episode covers some intriguing topics of uh, World War II, supposed and the actual. Yeah, some more, you know, woo, mysterious uh, stuff that yeah. at the beginning and then kind of some more serious stuff at the yeah. end. Um, but yeah, so that'll be enough for, for that. But um, mm-hmm. next week we're going to be talking about 
the JFK conspiracy. Oh yeah, <laughs> and how aliens played a role. No, they're, they're, <laughs> we may do. We may have a full episode next week with no, no alien aliens. involvement. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, I mean, I feel like it's pretty tough to find like yeah. an alien. I'm sure that people have tried, but yeah, if you dig deep, deep enough, yeah, you can, you can always I'm, find something. I'm sure. I'm sure people have tried, but we're gonna we're gonna go an alien free episode next week. So we'll have to come up with a new drinking game that one yeah. but it's gonna be about jfk um maybe we'll get a quickie conspiracy in see in we'll see. that episode who knows um but yeah thank you guys for listening to the mystery bros and uh, i think that's it you guys have a good one peace peace out mystery bros 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 mystery bros